So we're going to read the entire letter of Paul to Philemon today. It's not a long letter, but it's a long reading. I want you to put yourself in the place of perhaps receiving a letter like this, that it's written for you. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, your, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. For this reason... Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to both you and me. I'm sending him, that is, my own heart, back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps This is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of of your obedience, I'm writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Join me in a prayer. This letter bears reading more than once, so God, it is a powerful letter, a plea from one person to another about how to view people One in particular with this letter, but the lesson for us all is the bigger picture. Walk us into that bigger picture today. As we've sung and prayed this morning, open our eyes 
to the things unseen, to the differences we all embody, to what makes us beautiful in your sight. Speak to us in this time, we pray, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Her name was Cassandra. She was one of my dad's clients back in the 90s. He was a criminal defense attorney and I worked for him for a few years before heading back to school. Cassandra was a dancer in an adult club with me. She also had a drug problem, cocaine to be exact. She was what you might call a perpetual offender. No sooner would we finish out one case of possession than we'd get a call and she'd been picked up again. We'd bond her out and set a new court date for the new case and go through the whole process one more time. She was in her 20s back then, same age as I was at the time. But she looked like she'd already lived a hard life. If you could get her to laugh, though, if you could get her to chuckle, to smile, to start, you could see a glimmer of the spark of youth that hadn't quite been snuffed out. I first met her when my dad asked me to go pick her up and meet him down at the courthouse. That's one of the things I did for him is help make sure clients get to where they needed to go and remind them. And so I, I did that with her a number of times. And we talked on the way to court. And the more we talked, the more I began to wonder what kind of person would she be if she had been born into a different life or in a different environment, a different family, a different upbringing, whatever, all the influences that whatever it was that put her in this place. How, how different would she be if she were born in a different life? And I wondered what it was like for her to have to live with the stigma of the label she carried of what she did for a living. Conversations would immediately change when someone found out what she did. What was it like, I wondered, to have to live like that? The more I got to know Cassandra, the the less I saw her through the labels she carried. That's what happens, you know. You start to get to know someone else. The labels start to break down, fade away. You start to actually see them as a real person. Slowly but surely, you begin to see them more like 
God sees them through the only label worth having. I don't know what happened to her, where she is, what she's doing. Think about her sometimes. Cassandra, the dancer. My dad had another client about the same time named Gary. I don't remember what Gary did for a living. I, I know that he made enough to not have to worry about paying the attorney's fees. I knew that. But all I remember him talking about was high school. And he was in his 40s. But all he'd talk about was high school, basketball in high school, because that's when he was a star. He was the star player in his hometown, the talk of the town. He was it. To hear him talking about it, you would think he was the entire team. He would go play by play of the final game of the greatest championship of the entire season. He would, he would talk about it as if, as if it was still going on. It was years before it was his label that he could never escape, never get away from. He was living it over and over and over again. The glory days of the past haunted him. So Gary drank a lot. More than anyone I've ever met. And let me tell you, I've met some professionals My dad became his attorney after he had received seven DUIs in one night. Now think about that. That takes some doing. He got that because he had a wreck or ran into something in seven different counties all in the same night as the police finally got him to pull over at the end of it so each county could charge him seven. Now, you would think after an event like that, that that it would cause someone to wake up and say, you know, maybe I've got an issue here. But labels can be very powerful things. His license was suspended, of course, but that didn't stop him. He'd call taxi drivers and get them to go to the liquor store for him, his personal delivery service. Every now and then, my dad would call me, and all he had to say was, we have to go get Gary, and I knew what that meant. It meant we had to go to his house and wade through the filth to the back to his bedroom and and find him and and gather him together in some presentable way and and then take him to the hospital because he'd had, had too much. started to wonder if, how things would be different if Gary had been born into a different life. What kind of person would he be? It was hard with him, but slowly but surely I could started to see a real person in there through the only label worth having. He ended up in prison, of course. You don't, you don't outlast seven DUIs in one night. 
Hadn't seen him since. I wonder about him sometimes. Gary, the basketball player. Paul. Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter to Philemon. He's writing to Philemon about Onesimus. Onesimus was running from a label of his own. This one a much more harsh, unjust, institutionalized label, slave. And he was running from it. Good for him, right? And he ends up meeting Paul in prison. And guess what? They get to know each other. Guess what happens when two people get to know one another? Soon as you get to know someone, the labels start to break down. You start to see them in a different light, a different way, the way God sees them. By the only label worth having. That's what this letter is about. Paul is trying to convince Philemon to see Onesimus the way he sees him. As an equal of benefit. In the same way God sees him. The only label anyone should ever see anyone else with. The only label we should ever really use on another person. The only label worth having. You want to know what it is? You want to know? You can find it in 1 John chapter 3. See what love God has given us that we might be called children of God. For that is what we are. Child of God. The label God stamps upon our souls from the moment we take our first breath. The label we are washed over with when we baptize from this font. The label Jesus goes to the cross to redeem. The label Paul desperately wants Philemon to take into his own heart along with anyone else who reads the words of this letter. If he's wronged you in any way, Paul says, I'll take care of it. If he owes you a thing, I'll pay it. I want you to see him the way I see him, the way God sees him with the only label you should see anyone with first and foremost, a child of God. I often wonder still what might be different for Cassandra or Gary if at some point along the way they were able to see themselves the way God sees them. How would their life be different? What about your life? What labels do you carry How would your life be different if the only label you allowed to have power over you was that one? 
How differently would you treat other people if you were able to put into practice 100% viewing people through that one lens, child of God, first and foremost, above everything else? How different would you act around others? What kind of world would we have? It's why we're here, you know. We come in here to be reminded of how God sees us and therefore how we should see one another. We can't be reminded enough, in my opinion. Child of God, child of God, child of God. We can't say it enough. We can't practice it enough because we've been too schooled in using labels to simply box people in and and treat them as if we really know who they are when we really don't. At some point, the labels we use rob us of the very thing that makes us beautiful. Child of God. It's the only label worth having. It's really the only one worth using. Paul knew that, changed him. He wants us to know it too. Keep coming back. We need the practice. Amen.